Ciao a tutti, sono Danielle con Learn Italian for Travel. Come state oggi? Spero tutto bene. Hi everybody, this is Danielle with Learn Italian for Travel. How are you all doing today? I hope you're all doing well. Today I'm going to talk about this tiny little word that is so big in Italian. You hear it all the time, you see it all the time, it has many different meanings. It's the word ci. Due lettere, però molto grande. Only two letters, but so big. First of all, I want to remind you about some pronunciation rules. When the letter C is followed by an I or an E, it always sounds like CH. When the C is followed by an A, O, U, or H, it sounds like K. Like C-H-E would be pronounced K, not CH. C-I would be CHI. C apostrophe E with an accent over it, which we're going to look at in this podcast, is CHE. CHI CHE. Va bene, we're going to start with CHI as a reflexive pronoun. A reflexive verb in Italian means that the action of the verb comes back to the subject. So if you're saying, I put something on, the action comes back to whoever's putting the thing on. I stand up, I stand myself up, I wash, I wash myself. I wake up, I wake myself up. So the the noi conjugation of the verb is what we're going to be looking at with chi because the reflexive pronoun for us is, or ourselves actually, that's how it would be translated as a reflexive pronoun, is chi. So if we take the reflexive verb, for example, svegliarsi, that means to wake up in the infinitive, and we just conjugate it in the noi form, and then we put that ci pronoun in front, because that means ourselves, and we say ci svegliamo, ci svegliamo, that means we wake ourselves up. And as always in these podcasts, I recommend repeating the word in Italian after me. Hopefully I'm going slow enough that you have time to repeat it, but you wanna get the familiarity of the words coming out of your own mouth, and the more that you speak it and say it, the easier it will get. Un altro esempio con un verbo riflessivo, another example with a reflexive verb, we can look at the verb divertirsi, which in the infinitive means to enjoy oneself. And if we conjugate it for the noi form as a reflexive verb, we would say ci divertiamo, ci divertiamo, and that means we enjoy ourselves. Following along with the reflexive verbs are a group of verbs that we call reciprocal verbs. They're basically reflexive verbs, but they're only used in the plural forms because the reciprocity is involving two or more people. So it's going to be just the voi form, you all, the noi form, we, and the loro form, the they form. So, per esempio, if we said ci vediamo, ci vediamo, that means we see each other, and that's from the verb vedersi, but reciprocally, we would say that as we are leaving and we want to say goodbye, basically it means we'll see each other again. You could say ci vediamo dopo, we'll see each other later, Ci vediamo più tardi, again, we'll see each other later. Ci vediamo domani, we'll see each other tomorrow. O semplicemente, ci vediamo. Ciao, ci vediamo. So that is an example of a reciprocal verb with ci. 
Va bene. Now I'd like to talk about chi as a direct object pronoun. We're going to talk about direct object pronouns and indirect object pronouns. They're a little bit tricky, they're very similar, so hopefully this will help you understand them both a little bit better. The direct object of a sentence is the who or the what affected by the verb. So, per esempio, if I had said, ascoltano noi, ascoltano noi, the noi is the thing affected by the verb. So, they listen to us. And the verb ascoltare in the infinitive means to listen to. So there's no added preposition there. It's included in the verb conjugation. So we can take that noi following ascoltano, which is a disjunctive pronoun, and we can replace it with chi as a direct object pronoun. The chi will move to the front of the verb, and so we would say chi ascoltano. Chi ascoltano. And you can say it either way, ascoltano noi or chi ascoltano, they mean the same thing. It's just that chi becomes the direct object pronoun in that phrase. Un altro esempio, if we say vede noi, forse lui vede noi, because vede, as we know, could be he sees, she sees, or you formal see. Lui vede noi, he sees us. Again, noi is a disjunctive pronoun that follows the verb, so we can replace it with the direct object pronoun ci and move it to the front. Lui ci vede. Lui ci vede. Same meaning, he sees us. Va bene? So with the indirect object pronoun as ci, the indirect object of a sentence is the thing that is affected by the verb when it's to a person or for a person. So in the phrase, there's always going to be the preposition a or per included. And you might see sometimes sentences, phrases with both indirect objects and direct objects included, and you can actually replace both of those. We're not going to talk about that today. We're only replacing the indirect object um, and direct object one at a time. So if I say, per esempio, lei dice qualcosa a noi, lei dice qualcosa a noi, she is saying something to us, the to us is the indirect object of the sentence. It's, it includes the preposition a, and so we know that cues us, clues us in that that is the indirect object. So the same thing as the direct object, we replace it with chi, but it has a slightly different meaning because now it means to us, not just us. So if we say that with the indirect object pronoun chi, we would say chi dice qualcosa. Lei chi dice qualcosa. Same meaning, she's saying something to us. Un altro esempio. Dai un regalo a noi. Dai un regalo a noi. You are giving a gift to us. So the to clues us in that that's the indirect object. To us, we will replace with chi, and we can say, Ci dai un regalo. Ci dai un regalo. So just a little fun thing that you might have noticed, the un regalo is the what of that phrase, and so that is actually the direct object. And you can replace that with a pronoun. You can replace both of them. And like I said, we'll get that to that in another 
podcast because it's a little bit complicated, those double pronouns. Va bene, so we've covered chi as a reflexive pronoun, as a reciprocal pronoun, as a direct object pronoun, and as an indirect object pronoun. So now we're going to talk about chi, meaning there. There is a place, T-H-E-R-E. So I'm sure you've heard of, or maybe you haven't heard of yet, if you're just beginning your Italian journey, the phrase che. Che means there is. So it's technically chi, e, but Italians don't like to have two vowels in sequence like that because it sort of slows down the flow and it's like a, a pause there. So they get rid of the I from the chi, add an apostrophe, and then add the, the a with the accent meaning is. So che means there is. So un esempio con che. C'è una farmacia in centro. C'è una farmacia in centro. There is a pharmacy downtown. This is kind of fun too. You can take any statement, sentence, and turn it into a question just by adding inflection. So if I want to ask somebody, is there a pharmacy downtown? I would say, c'è una farmacia in centro? C'è una farmacia in centro? And just adding that inflection, that's the only thing that changes, but now it's a question. The plural form of c'è is ci sono, there are. So these are both from the verb essere, to be. So anything more than one, you're going to use ci sono. Per esempio, ci sono venti studenti nella classe. Ci sono venti studenti nella classe. There are 20 students in the class. Frequently in conversation, somebody will refer to a place and then when you answer back, instead of repeating the place that they already said, you can replace that place with chi. So maybe somebody is asking you, vai al mercato? Vai al mercato domani? Are you going to the market tomorrow? And you could respond with, si ci vado, si ci vado. And that chi means, yes, I am going there, going there. If you're not going there and you want to make the sentence negative, you would put the non in front of chi. No, non ci vado, non ci vado, I'm not going. So chi then is used to refer to a place, it means there. The next group, chi refers to it. So some of these meanings are idiomatic. Some of them are literal. When you were saying the, the expression with chi, it just means pretty much it. Per esempio, if you use chi with the verb pensare and you say ci penso, it means I'm thinking about it or I will think about it. Maybe somebody asks you, pensi spesso al tuo lavoro? Do you often think about your job? And if you want to respond, you would say, si, ci penso spesso. Or no, non ci penso spesso. So either one works, but yes, I think about it. No, I don't think about it. You can also say, if somebody asks you something for a favor maybe, or to do something, or you just want to take care of something or do something for somebody, you can say, ci penso io, ci penso io. I will do it, I'll think about it, and I'll do it. That's how that translates. And the EO is used there for emphasis, meaning I will do it. So when you see a subject pronoun, 
in a phrase, in a sentence, it's for emphasis. You can use ci with the verb credere, credere meaning to believe. So if you believe in something, you would say ci credo, ci credo, I believe it. If you don't believe it, non ci credo, non ci credo. And both of these can be used as exclamations. If somebody says something and you want to emphatically respond with, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I, I agree. Ci credo. Or I don't believe it. Non ci credo. You could also use ci with the verb capire. Capire means to understand. So if you say ci capisco, ci capisco, I understand it. Or non ci capisco. Non ci capisco. I don't understand it. I'm giving all of these examples with the verb conjugated in the io form, the i form, but it's not the only form that goes with chi. You can use chi with any of these verb conjugations. I'm just doing this. So you can use these phrases when you're saying them yourself. You can use chi with the verb provare, which means to try. So if you say ci provo, ci provo, guess what it means? Yep, I'll try it. Bene. If you use ci with the verb tenere, which means to keep, it actually, this is more idiomatic, it means I, I care about it. So it would be ci tengo, ci tengo, not I'm keeping it, but I care about it. You can use ci with the verb riuscire, which is the verb to succeed at something. So if you say ci riesco, it means I'm able to do it, I will succeed at it, I will make that happen. If you say non ci riesco, non ci riesco, I'm not able to do it, I'm not going to follow through, I'm not able to make that thing happen to have success. And another phrase that you can use in that same way is with the verb fare, and it also includes the pronoun, the direct object pronoun, la. So fare plus ci plus la, somebody might ask you, can you do it? But meaning like, are you going to be able to do it? Are you going to manage that? Ce la fai? Ce la fai? And then you could answer with, si ce la faccio. Si ce la faccio. Yes, I will make that happen, I'm able to do it. Or, if you can't, non ce la faccio. Non ce la faccio. So because there's a double pronoun in that phrase, the ci as the indirect object pronoun turns into ce instead of ci. That happens to all the pronouns when there are two pronouns in a row. So that is a phrase that's used very often and again, you can use it in any conjugation of the verb. Ce la facciamo, we'll be able to do it. Ce la fanno, they'll be able to do it. Non ce la fanno, they're not going to be able to do it. Va bene. There are a lot of other phrases too with ci translated as it. Well, not a ton, but there are some other ones that I'm not covering in this podcast. But those are the most important, the phrases that I just covered. So now let's talk about chi, meaning uh, this is now an idiomatic phrase because it, what it translates to is the time it takes to do something. 
So you're going to use two different verbs. You can use the verb volere, which is to want, or you can use the verb mettere, which is to put. So neither of them translate literally, but if you say ci vuole o ci mette, that's going to mean it takes however much time, but it's going to be with a singular noun. So un ora, per esempio, un minuto, un secondo, something like that, un giorno. Per esempio, ci vuole un giorno per viaggiare, ci vuole un giorno per viaggiare. It takes a day to travel. You could also say ci mette un giorno because un giorno is singular. Anything that's in the plural now, you're going to use the plural of those two verbs. Vogliono, mettono. So ci vogliono quattro ore per guidare a San Francisco da Chico. Ci vogliono quattro ore per guidare a San Francisco da Chico. O ci mettono quattro ore. Ci mettono quattro ore. It takes four hours to drive from San Francisco to Chico. So that's four hours, that's plural, so you would use the plural form of bo both of those verbs. Benissimo. L'ultima frase, the last phrase, it's a fun one. It doesn't translate to any of the previous things that I talked about. So it's with the verb stare. If you say ci sto, that means I'm in. Ci sto. Somebody says, vuoi andare in Italia con me prossimo weekend? Ci sto. I'm in. If somebody said that to me, I would say the same thing. Do you want to go to Italy with me next weekend? Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Molto bene. So as always, I am putting the vocabulary list of everything that I talked about in the blog section of my website. The website is learnitalianfortravel.com and you'll see the title is all the uses of chi or the many expressions of chi. So I hope that this helped you and I hope that you continue to enjoy studying Italian. If you ever have ideas or suggestions for future podcasts, please email me. You can email me through my website, um, danielle at learnitalianfortravel.com, or you could comment in the videos on YouTube, especially you can make a comment. So grazie mille per la vostra attenzione oggi e buono studio e buon divertimento. Alla prossima! Ciao!